When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The poem says, Human voices wake us, and we drown. But I've made this podcast with the belief that human voices are what we need. And so, whether from a year or 3,000 years ago, whether poetry or prose, whether fiction or diary or biography, here are the best things we have ever thought, written, or said. Here are six poems from Robinson Jeffers' 1928-29 collection, Dear Judas. The first poem is called Hooded Night. At night, toward dawn, all the lights of the shore have died, and a wind moves, moves in the dark the sleeping power of the ocean, no more beast-like than man-like not to be compared, itself and itself. Its breath-blown shoreward huddles the world with the fog. No stars dance in heaven, no ship's light glances. I see the heavy granite bodies of the rocks of the headland that were ancient here before Egypt had pyramids. Bulk on the gray of the sky and beyond them the jets of young trees I planted the year of the Versailles peace. But here is the final unridiculous peace. Before the first man, here were the stones, the ocean, the cypresses, and the pallid region in the stone-rough dome of fog where the moon falls on the west. Here is reality. The other is a spectral episode. After the inquisitive animal's amusements are quiet. The dark glory. And this is only four lines from a poem called Oshin's Grave. And it says... We dead have our peculiar pleasures of not doing, of not feeling, of not being. Enough has been felt, enough done, oh and surely, enough of humanity has been. And this is a poem called Antrim. I'm fairly certain that the the poems in the middle of Dear Judas were written after uh, Jeffers took a, a trip to Ireland. And this is the poem called Antrim. No spot of earth where men have so fiercely for ages of time fought and survived and canceled each other, picked in Gael and Dane, Maquillian, Clandonal O'Neill, 
savages, the Scot, the Norman, the English, here in the narrow passage and the pitiless north, perpetual betrayals, relentless, resultless fighting, a random fury of dirks in the dark, a struggle for survival of hungry, blind cells of life in the womb. But now the womb has grown old, her strength has gone forth, a few red carts and a fog creak flax to the dubs, and sheep in the high heather cry hungrily that life is hard, a plaintive peace, shepherds and peasants. We have felt the blades meet in the flesh in a hundred ambushes, and the groaning blood bubble in the throat. In a hundred battles the heavy axes bite the deep bone, the mountains suddenly stagger and be darkened. Generation on generation we have seen the blood of boys and heard the moaning of women massacred. The passionate flesh and nerves have flamed like pitch pine and fallen and lain in the earth softly dissolving. I have lain and been humbled in all these graves and mixed new flesh with the old and filled the hollow of my mouth with maggots and rotten dust and ages of repose. I lie here and plot the agony of resurrection. And this is probably one of my favorite poems of Robinson Jeffers. It's called Inscription for a Gravestone. And if the listener or the reader gets tired quickly of uh, what Jeffers calls his inhuman philosophy, the belief that human beings are a disease on the earth, um, and you get sick of hearing him uh, make that point uh, so eloquently over and over and over again. Uh, Jeffers was not a poet who was afraid to repeat himself. Perhaps a poem like Inscription for a Gravestone uh, can show the beauty of that point of view, even if you uh, still don't quite agree with it. This is Inscription for a Gravestone. I am not dead. I have only become inhuman, that is to say, undressed myself of laughable prides and infirmities, but not as a man undresses to creep into bed, but like an athlete stripping for the race. The delicate ravel of nerves that made me a measurer of certain fictions, called good and evil, that made me contract with pain and expand with pleasure, fussily adjusted like a little electroscope. That's gone, it's true. I never miss it. If the universe does, how easily replaced. But all the rest is heightened, widened, set free. I admired the beauty while I was human. Now I am part of the beauty. I wander in the air, being mostly gas and water, and flow in the ocean, touch you and Asia, 
at the same moment, have a hand in the sun rises and the glow of this grass. I left the light precipitate of ashes to earth, for I love token. And that is that is one of the great poems. Two more here from Dear Judas. This is called Subjected Earth, and he is still uh, in England and Ireland, it appears. Uh, Subjected Earth. Walking in the flat Oxfordshire fields, where the eye can find no rock to rest on but little flints speckle the soil, and the million buried hedges tingle with birds at evening. I saw the somber November day redden and go down, a flight of lapwings whirled in the hollow of the field, and half-tame pheasants cried from the trees. I remembered impatiently how the long bronze mountain of my own coast, where color is no account and pathos ridiculed, the sculpture is all, breaks the arrows of the setting sun over the enormous mounded eyeball of ocean. The soft alien twilight, worn and weak with too much humanity, hooded my mind. Poor flourishing earth, meek smiling slave, if sometimes the swamps return and the heavy forest black beech and oak roots, break up the paving of London streets, and only as long before, on the lifted ridgeways few people shivering by little fires, watch the night of the forest cover the land, and shiver to hear the wild dogs howling where the cities were. Would you be glad to be free? I think you will never be glad again, so needed with human flesh, so humbled and changed. Here all's downhill, and passively goes to the grave, asks only a pinch of pleasure between the darknesses, contented to think that everything has been done that's in the scope of the race. So should I also perhaps dream under the empty angel of this twilight. But the great memory of that unhumanized world, with all its wave of good and evil to climb yet, its exorbitant power to match, its heartless passion to equal, and all its music to make, beats on the grave mound. And the last poem here still in England and Ireland, is called Second Best. A Celtic spearman forcing the Cromlech builder's brown daughter, a blonde Saxon, a slayer of Britons, building his farm outside the village he'd burned, a Norse voyager, wielder of oars and a sword, thridding the rocks at the fjord sea end, hungry as a hawk. A hungry galley, chiefling in Ulster, whose blood with the Norsemen's rotted in the rain on a heather hill. These, by the world's time, were very recent, 
forefathers of yours, and you are a maker of verses. The pallid pursuit of the world's beauty on paper, unless a tall angel comes to require it, is a pitiful pastime. If, burnished anew from God's eyes, an angel, and the ardors of the simple blood showing clearly a little ridiculous in this changed world, write and be quiet. Any comments or suggestions for readings I should make in future episodes can be emailed to Human Voices Wake Us, the number one, at gmail.com. Links to each work used in this episode can be found in the episode description. If you enjoy Human Voices Wake Us, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. The music here is Duke Ellington's Arabesque Cookie.